She's a business mogul. Number one. And wellness expert. How can I help? And now Chantel Ray and her amazing guests are here to guide you on your wellness journey. Time to level up. Welcome to the Waste Away Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to today's episode. And we are talking all about intermittent fasting today. We have Brian Grin, and he is a specialist in intermittent fasting. And we're exciting to talk to you. So we've got a lot of questions to answer as well. So Brian, welcome. Thanks, Chantel. Thanks for having me on the show. So tell us what got you into doing intermittent fasting. And now like, I mean, you're really like, that's your main thing, right? Like you're now doing coaching and all of that. So what got you started with it? Yeah. I mean, I was introduced to fasting actually from a client uh, of mine in the time I've been doing health and wellness for like 20 years and, uh, you know, always attuned to different, uh, you know, ways of eating, but I guess fasting was one of those things that you sort of hear from major religions. You never really, uh, I, this was probably seven years ago, never really experienced it myself other than, you know, I'm Jewish. So I did it for like one day <laughs> out of the year. So, but, um, yeah, it was a, a female, uh, client of mine and she was actually pre-diabetic, uh, looking for ways that she could overcome, you know, getting in, you know, becoming diabetic and, and getting blood sugar insulin levels down. And, you know, she, she did a bunch of research herself and started doing fasting, got great results. Uh, she got some guidance through a, a natural health practitioner in the area. And I just was blown away by the results that she got. I was helping her with strength training. And at the time I just wanted to, so learn more about it. Cause I was, you know, I was like, God, I want to try this myself. Um, and that sort of just led me down the path of researching it, it and reading a bunch of books and, um, yeah, coming out with a certification and also just, you know, Dr. Jason Fung was someone that who I've had on my podcast, um, who really introduced me to, um, fasting and, and, and all of the benefits and what it can do. Awesome. Yeah. So I've got a couple of questions for you that mm -hmm. we have from our listeners. And this one I actually asked to someone else, um, but I would love to hear your, your answer to this. She says, it's from Nancy Carey. I've been strict during the week, but on the weekends, I really want a burger or a bowl of ice cream. Do I allow it? I want to avoid a binge. So I'd love to hear your take on that. Kind yeah, of how so, you eat yeah. and, and what you do, you know, like what apply that question to kind of how you eat and what you do to stay fit. Yeah. So that's a good question, common question. And I would say it depends on where you're at in the process. So if you're someone who's just starting out and you want to get into fasting and start cleaning up your eating, I would say maybe you want to hold off a little bit on, on those, I would say those, you know, those cheat foods per se, right off the bat, because a lot of times what happens is then you'll be more prone to just, it'll just snowball, right? It'll, you'll, you'll start like, then you'll get back into your old habits. Now, if you've been doing some fasting and doing some clean eating for, you know, maybe a year or two or even six months, and, and you just feel like you're in this rhythm, but you know, you go, you go to a birthday party and they're grilling and you want a burger or whatever, she, you know, she, she wanted sort of a, the splurge a little bit. I think there's nothing wrong with that. Um, the nice thing about intermittent fasting is, it's, it's restrictive in, in the time that you're eating, but what you're eating, 
you know, that, that can be argued that there's not, it could go with any specific diet, vegan, vegetarian, carnivore, whatever it is. So that's the nice thing is the flexibility of fasting and how it can sort of pertain to many different diets. But if you do want to splurge, I'd say maybe wait until you're a bit into the process and you've sort of got your feet under you and you know, and you know what you're doing. So this next question comes from Tracy Pickerel. It says, when does the hunger, I'm sorry. Yeah. Tracy Pickerel. When does the hunger stop? I started my third week of OMAD starting at two and ending at seven from the time I wake up in the morning until two, I'm famished. Funny thing is I never ate breakfast before dinner was my only meal, sometimes lunch. But once I eat that one meal, I'm not hungry the rest of the day. Okay. So she's doing her eating windows between two and seven. Actually, that's probably about where mine falls in line. Um, and she's feeling famished in the morning. Well, and she mentioned before she never ate breakfast. So she has done some form of fasting. You know, I think one thing she should look into if she's doing one meal a day and she just feels that's not, um, satiating enough within the two to seven window. Cause that's a, you know, that's a decent size window, you know, not huge, but it's a decent size. You could probably fit two meals in. And that's, that's something that I find is works better for me is instead of trying to, to fit all my nutrients and protein and things like that into one meal, which can be tough, especially if you, you know, if you're trying to build muscle, you want to get those protein requirements and, um, breaking up over two meals might be the way to go for her. Yeah. Yeah. And I have a book called a meal and a tasting. And that's really where I do the best is where I have like one bigger meal and mm-hmm. then I eat again and I have like a small tasting. So like yesterday, um, I had a really big lunch and then I had, i actually didn't eat dinner last night, but more, most of the time I would just have like a small dinner or something like that. Yeah. Like just like a small, so it's like one meal and then a tasting. That's where I really kind of feel my best. I'm doing my best and all of that. Um, yeah, I like tell that. us about you. What, what does a day in the life of Brian look like? <laughs> and what are you eating? Yeah. I mean, it's changed over time, right? I think part of this whole journey of health is sort of a self-experimentation. And so I, you know, obviously I, I try different things. Um, right now I am eating in a window. I would say I've actually increased my window. I should, let me just rewind for a second. So I, I started out fasting. I was doing like traditional, probably about 16, eight, you know, where I'd be fasted till about noon. And then I'd open up my window and, and it, be open for like say six to eight hours. And then I've slowly pushed it to where I was about like two to six 30. Um, and what I would do is I would fast all morning and do my workout in a fasted state at about 12 31. And then after the, after the workout, I would break my fast. Um, and then from there I would have one more meal after that. Um, as far as, uh, now I'm actually trying, uh, testing out a little bit of eating before my workout, like something lighter, nothing heavy, just something light, maybe, I don't know, cottage cheese and eggs, <laughs> something, you know, nothing too heavy um, or cottage cheese and maybe an apple, cut up an apple. Um, I, I just, and then I've been working out like two hours later. So I've been opening up my window actually a little bit earlier and then waiting a couple hours working out and then uh, having one more meal in the evening. Um, 
as far as like what I'm eating, I typically just prioritize protein. That could be like wild fish, grass-fed meat, um, and then some maybe some type of vegetable here and there, maybe some asparagus or onions or mushrooms with that. But mainly, mainly, um, mainly prioritizing protein, some type of fish or meat, and then maybe some vegetables here and there. And, um, so that's a typical day. I, I, I'm not like a perfect eater. I do like dessert. <laughs> so I, I'll have some type of, you know, not like it's like my own version of a dessert. Cause, uh, like, for example, I used to love like peanut butter and jelly back in the day. And I make my own version of it with like a, an egg white wrap and sprouted almond butter and, and like a quality jelly, um, so I, I guess it's my a healthier version of a of like a sort of a splurge um, after dinner, and then I'll usually close my eating window around six thirty at the latest seven, usually about at least three hours before bed. One of the things that I really want to encourage you guys to do is to be getting at least seven hours of quality sleep every night. I personally need at least eight or eight and a half, but I know it's hard to get that much sleep. Your mind keeps you awake and you just can't get comfortable, but there are hundreds of reasons why you can't get quality sleep. But it is so important because this is how your body heals itself. So if you want to get a better night's sleep, for me, it's getting enough magnesium. And believe it or not, around 75% of people, I think it's even higher than that, don't get enough. And that's what causes sleep problems. So one of the things about this one magnesium that I'm obsessed with is that it actually has seven unique forms of magnesium. And you must get all of them if you want to get that calming, sleep-enhancing effects. And that's why I recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Optimizers. So all you need to do is take two capsules before you go to bed and you will be absolutely amazed how much better sleep you get. I actually ran out of it um, for like two days and those two days I didn't get good enough sleep. So it literally, I've literally tested it. For our listeners, you are going to get an exclusive offer. Go to magbreakthrough.com slash waste away and you're going to save up to 42%. So make sure you put that coupon code of waste away. So the number one question we still get, I mean, I can't even tell you, I feel like we've answered this question so many times and still in all of our Facebook groups, mm-hmm. we're constantly getting it, but it's a different question, but it's basically the same thing. So I'm not even going to read the questions because there's so many questions that we get to our questions at ChantelRayway.com. And if you have a question, you can always email it there, questions at ChantelRayway.com or join our Facebook group, which is the Intermittent Fasting and OMAD group. And basically what it is, is that they'll, someone will find like a tea, like a hibiscus tea or a flavored tea or LaCroix, or they'll say, you know, this doesn't have any calories. Can I drink it? Or they'll say, I found this energy drink. It has 20 calories. Can I drink that? Um, You know, how bad is it to have one cream in my coffee? You know, I can't (laughs) go without you know, I can't have no cream in my coffee. I can't drink it black. Those are just, you know what I'm saying? It's just constant. So I'd love to hear what your take is on that as far as the the drinking, the different drinks and and how you handle that. Yeah. So I would say that um, 
I would say there's nothing wrong with like, like, for example, like I, I know that was a bunch of questions all in one, but it was like really one question, but you know, someone's like, Oh, I want to put cream in my coffee. Can I, can I do that? And I would say, I would say, yes, I would say if it, if it helps you like get through a fast, um, and overcome some hunger, I think there's nothing wrong with that. Is it a true, like, are you, are you water fasting? Is it like a, an official fast? Um, some would argue that, right. Cause there are calories involved, but you know, I, I think if you get too bogged down on like, oh my God, like, is, is this going to break it? It, you know, has five calories in it. Like, <laughs> I think you'll just drive yourself nuts and, and end up not doing anything. So I think just, you know, ha- having a little something that is, that has some calories in it, I think it's fine. Like even I know Dr. Walter Longo has the, the, uh, Prolon, I think it does like a Prolon, which is like a five, helps you do like a five day fast, but you're eating like a, a minimal amount. I think it's less than 50 calories or something a day. Um, I've never done it myself. No, it's a lot more. No, it's a lot it, more. Is it actually, more than yeah. 50? Okay. No, it's like, it's like 800 calories. Oh, that's okay. Um, it's that's like an, yeah, it's like different bars and different soups and different things like that. Um, to, that kind of do like a longer fast, um, for doing five days. I'm not a fan of that because it's, it's literally just eating all these like little things to try to soups and yeah, soups and stuff like that. So to me, I almost think it'd be better is if you, if you wanted to do that, just ate like create your own healthy soup that night or something. And just felt like if you fasted all day and then just made like a little bit of a soup at night to help you make it through. Um, yes. I mean, I, so I guess getting back to your question, I guess if it can improve compliance for people to help them get through a fast, if it's a little something like adding cream to your coffee, I think there's nothing wrong with that. I think it depends on your goals too, but like, you know, I think, like autophagy, first of all, like cell cleansing and people are like, Oh, do I need to do a water fast to do get into autophagy? And I think it's not so black and white. So I, I think there's nothing wrong with adding a little bit. I think sometimes if you, if you have something that's too sweet, that might induce hunger, you know? So that's why they say, you know, that's why like unsweetened tea is probably best and, and black and then just having black coffee would be two good things to have, um, to help, get, you know, get through those hunger times. Yeah. I, my opinion on it is, is like to try to get to the place. So I can drink black coffee now and I drink unsweetened tea, but I trained my body to do it. And so what, what you really can do is literally like train your body to get there. So like, if you have cream in your coffee, start with, okay, let's have cream. Do not put any sugar in it. Just have regular cream, then go down and put a little bit less and then a little bit less. And you just keep training your body. You will be amazed. Like I still don't like black coffee. Um, and after I break my fast, I'll have coffee. Like if I want a cup, cup of coffee, I'll have cream in my coffee. Cause it's, mm-hmm. I don't enjoy having a cup of black coffee, but I have trained my body to like it a little bit, you know, like mm-hmm. I can do it. So I just make it a rule where I go, I'm going to do my very best to try to, it's really so much about your mental head headspace of like going, you know, I can do this. And, and the more that you can get to a place where you are 
you know, not having it, but, but I also don't believe in like getting so crazy about it either. Like, Oh, this has five calories. Is it, you know, that's not what's holding you back. (laughs) You know, the thing that has five calories is not the thing that's holding you back, honestly. And it's like, yeah, could it, could it, make it between, you know, a three pound, you know, difference or something like that. Maybe, I don't know. Um, The best thing for you to do is to get one of those continuous blood glucose monitors and see, does whatever I'm drinking or whatever I'm doing increase my blood glucose levels? And that's a great way to do it. Yeah. Um, And and I agree with the technique of uh, like easing your way into whatever you're doing. Like you said, you, you know, maybe you're used to putting in a certain amount of cream and then sort of, sort of wean yourself off that and just bring it down a little bit as opposed to. So I think the same thing runs true with fasting, right? If you're just new to it, ease your way into it. That's sort of what I teach a lot. It's like a step ladder approach. You don't have to do it all in one day. You can ease your way into a fasting window over weeks. Yeah, I want to I want to talk about thyroid and fasting for just a second and I will share with you something that is absolutely profound that I have learned and the majority of the way that I eat of how I feel the best is a paleo diet where I'm eating kind of like your ancestors eat, right? And so it's kind of like, you know, they say the quote cave woman style, right? Meal or caveman style meal where you're you're eliminating what they call thyroid blockers. And so um, basically you're eating things like our ancestors might've hunted or gathered. So it's like things that you need to survive. So it'd be like eggs and fish and poultry um, and beef and then non-starchy vegetables, you know, that are in season and nuts and seeds um, and then root vegetables. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, eating when you're full, when you're hungry and stopping when you're full. And one of the things that I've noticed big time is, is that I take thyroid medicine for my thyroid. And when I'm eating a paleo diet, my thyroid is on overdrive. So what happens is, is then it's too much. But then let's say I have a day or two where I'm not eating that way. Like I'm just like, I feel like having grains as soon as I start, even even if it's like a gluten-free piece of toast or, you know, wild rice or um, something like that, that has you know, grains in it, thyroid does not function at that level. And so let's say I go, maybe I'm on vacation and I'm kind of like, I'm going to, you know, eat what I want and blah, blah, blah. As soon as I do, I can tell that my thyroid's not functioning. And so what you're eating has such a big play on how you're feeling and how you're, if you have thyroid problems. Um, So having that paleo style, they've literally done search that show that paleo style eating kind of delivers up to 900% more, you know, nutrients, number one. And then that helps you get everything you need for optimum thyroid health, including like vitamin A, selenium, zinc. So when you're eating that, your thyroid's able to kind of work at a higher 
higher thing. And so the paleo diet kind of eliminates some of that inflammation, you know, that happens when you're eating sugar and grains. And so that is one thing I just want everyone to realize is that if your thyroid is kind of bouncing up and down like this, that's where you really have to look at what you're eating and how is it affecting your thyroid? What it, what about you? What kind of, you know, how are you eating and you know, what would you say about that? Regarding like hypothyroid or, or just yes. in general, like in general, as, like as far as how I'm eating. Um, yes. I, I mean, I think, you know, paleo is a great way to go. I mean, I think you just got to, uh, like you mentioned, be careful if you do have thyroid issues um, with just extreme calorie restriction. I think making sure that you're getting enough um enough nutrients during the, your fasting, your, your feasting times, um, to help with any, you know, thyroid issues. And, you know, so I've seen some studies done where, you know, like reducing calories, you know, can too much can, can send bad, um, can send bad signals to your thyroid function, you know, as far as thyroid function is concerned. I don't work with a lot of people with that issue. I interviewed, um, um, Al Russ, she's, she's been, Oh yes. Yeah. yeah she, she's been she, on my show too. <laughs> yeah. She's great around that. So I would definitely check out her material. Um, but I do eat, like, I know you mentioned, you, you talk about like eating, you know, the, the big, the big word is like eating ancestrally. Right. I think, um, you know, I do prioritize, like I mentioned, um, you know, grass fed meats and wild fish, and, uh, I don't eat a ton of chicken. Um, occasionally I have organ meats from time to time. I don't think you need to have organ meats like every day, <laughs> but I think once every, you know, I know people don't like love liver, but back in the day, liver was popular. I like, remember my grandparents used to have like liver and onions and things like that. So, but if you think about it, if you're, if, if you're eating an animal, the liver is only a, a one part of that small part of that animal. It doesn't have to be eaten. So if you think about most of the time they'd eat the, the muscle meat, um, but every once in a while they, you know, the, 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 the liver has so many nutrients. It's such a great thing to have maybe once a month. So, so I don't know if I answered your question. Yeah, <laughs> fine. So okay. let's talk about kind of some intermittent fasting mistakes, like things that you see people do that really kind of hold them back from taking it to the next level. Yeah. Some of the mistakes, that's a good question. I would say that, um, one of the mistakes I find with people is, is they maybe try to go do too much too early and they end up sort of just like crashing and going back to what they, they normally do. So that could be maybe restricting too much early on. And when you restrict too much, you feel like, you know, I don't know, you feel like you can't enjoy your day, I guess, <laughs> per se, like, as opposed to, you know, someone starting out and they've never done it before and they just restrict their eating window to such a small degree. They, they feel like they have to, it's too restrictive. So I think you want, you want to be careful with that. Um, and another mistake I think is people, um, maybe overeating during the eating window and feeling like they, they have to like binge and fit it, fit it in. But I think you have to just make sure you chew your food and eat slowly and sit at a table. And I think those are important things that can help you, um, when you are fasting is if you just eat mindfully and, and, uh, you know, try to obviously eat better, cleaner foods that are, you know, whole foods. I think that helps as well. 
if you're eating junk during your eating window, it's, it's just going to, it's going to be this roller coaster of insulin and you're going to have, you're, you're probably going to have some troubles during your fasting time. Yeah. I know for me, like if, if we go out to lunch and I order an appetizer, like if we go to a nice lunch, I'll order like a small appetizer. I try to eat that slowly or have like some right before I'm about to open my eating window, eat a little bit of something and mm -hmm. then give myself like 15 minutes and then eat my meal. That makes such a difference for me because what happens for me is what you said. When I get myself to the point where I, I call it in my book, hamster hungry, or I call it, um, it's because I had a, a friend of mine, this is really gross. Um, I changed it in my second edition because uh, people were complaining about it, but it, I, we had a friend that she had a hamster and the, the mother ate the hamster babies. Right. And I guess that's like very popular. It's really right. gross, but it's very popular. So I always say it's like hamster hungry. You get to the point where you're so, so hungry. Um, so that is something that I try to not let myself, once I'm about to eat, give myself a little something, wait a little bit, and then start eating whatever that meal is. That's a big, big impact. Any other things like that, that you feel like, are tips that can kind of help people when they're like, if they're, you know, overeating or if they're other things are happening. Yeah. I mean, if they feel like they're overeating during that eating window, I mean, like you mentioned, like eat slower, right? Eat slower, chew your food. One tip I love is going for a walk after a meal. Um, I find that this way, like the meal's done, helps with digestion, helps with blood sugar regulation. And, you know, obviously walking is one of those underrated um, elements of health. And I think if going for a walk after, after a meal is just a great way to just sort of get out of the kitchen and avoid maybe overeating. Mm, yeah, I like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that I tell people is that like reminding yourself of all of the benefits of fasting um, is one good trick. You know what I mean? Like when I'm like, if I'm sitting there and like one of the girls said, like, I always feel like I'm hungry, you know, what do I do? So like when you're hungry, kind of saying, you know what, right now I'm inducing cellular repair on my body. I'm increasing my longevity. I'm boosting my immune system. I'm increasing my metabolic rate. You know, I'm eating fat from my thighs and my hips. I'm reducing <laughs> inflammation. I'm rejuvenating my skin. You know, it's like reminding yourself of all the benefits is a really, really good trick. Another trick for me is just having a little bit of salt. Like I have a little bit of Himalayan sea salt. Um, I'll take a little bit and just put it on my lip, my mouth for a little bit cause, and then just have a big thing of water to make sure I have like my electrolytes um, or I'll go for a walk, you know, immediately that is like a game changer for me. What are some tips that you give people where they're like, you know, I'm really trying to push it to two o'clock say, and like at 10 o'clock, I'm like on my dying train, you know? <laughs> so what, what kind of tips do you have for someone who wants to push it to the next level tips? Like I had just mentioned. Yeah. 
I would say one one of the tips I like is staying busy. I think that like if you are going to do a fast um, and you're just starting out for sure, like we all have our days where we have a bunch of stuff going on. You don't even realize and you skip a meal. You're like, oh, I just skipped a meal. But like if you're like sitting around and you know, staring at the kitchen, it, it just makes things a lot, a lot more difficult. So I think keeping your mind busy, because a lot of it is just really just mental, right? Like you're, you're not truly that hunger, hungry, you're probably used to eating at a certain time. So, um, you know, your hunger, hunger hormones are just ramped up. Um, but it, hunger, hunger waves, and I'm sure you know, this is they, they come and go. So if you can ride out those waves and keep yourself busy with something else, maybe go do a, you know, I don't know, do a yoga class or, 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 or set up a meeting during the time when you're normally used to eating, it'll sort of take your mind away from, from those, those, you know, those, those periods where those hunger waves come. Yeah, that's great advice. Well, this has been great. Tell listeners where they can find you and where they can follow you. Yeah. So, um, they can find me on BrianGrin.com. Uh, I'm, I'm also on Instagram, BD Grin. And, uh, yeah, just message me if you got any questions or I have a fat burner blueprint program that is a six month program that I work with clients with. So, um, yeah, that's probably the best place for people to find me. It's just my website. Awesome. Well, you guys stay tuned. We've got another episode coming up in just a few. Bye-bye for now. Hey guys, thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, it would mean the world to us for you to leave a review on iTunes to get this podcast out to others that may have the same questions that you do. And as always, if you have a question that you want answered, email those to questions at chantelrayway.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.